Welcome to Spooky Island Radio and this week's Campfire Tales episode. In these episodes, be prepared to be scared and spooked from around my campfire here on Spooky Island. No filler, just fire in these episodes. So it's time to get wrapped up in your blanket and toast some marshmallows and relax with Spooky Island Radio Campfire Tales. first campfire story today is called One by One and is the story of a boy who takes a a picture in a haunted house. One by one my family was killed. One by one by one. I know I must be next. It was a curse and it's all my fault. I went into a house that was said to be haunted. I wanted to take some pictures. I was a little disappointed when I saw nothing out of the ordinary, yet I still had an uneasy feeling. I decided to take a picture to show my friends that I'd actually been brave enough to venture inside the haunted house. I shouldn't have done that. I got home late that evening and for some reason something felt different. Nikki, dinner's ready, my mum called from the kitchen. I told her I was going up to my room and would be down after I put my things away. I went back up to my room, took my camera and started browsing through the pictures I had taken. There was nothing interesting in the pictures, but I decided to keep them and threw my camera on my bed. I went downstairs and met my parents. My older sister and my younger brother are already at the kitchen table. I thought I'd seen a shadowy shape lurking under the kitchen cabinets. It resembled something human. Why didn't I pay any more attention? After dinner, I went over to my room to relax. And when I got there, the camera was sitting on my desk. A little freaked out, I tried to believe that I probably forgot to put it there myself. I was just about to brush it off when I saw something else strange. Something had showed up in the photos on the camera. There was an image of a family of five. A mum, a dad, two teenagers and a little boy. They were all like a blur, like they were barely there. I was starting to get scared. There was something wrong with the picture. Before I could figure it out, I was called down to the dishes. And the next morning, I awoke to the smell of breakfast cooking. It smelled so good. I heard my mum call out that breakfast was ready, and I went to check that she was cook- what she was cooking when I stopped dead in my tracks, coming across a horrible sight. My mum was in the corner, sprawled on the floor, and she was lying in a pool of her own blood, and her head was missing. I fell to my knees then and there, not wanting to believe my eyes. I smelled something burning in the kitchen. Hesitantly, I got up to check and saw smoke coming from the oven. I was just too scared to open it. My dad came running into the house saying that he thought there was a fire. He hadn't seen my mum's body. He quickly opened the oven and screamed. Inside, I saw my mum's burnt head and she was missing her eyes. And it was at this point that I passed out. I awoke on the couch with a cold towel on my head. The police were asking questions. I personally didn't think that it would do any good. It went on for almost an hour when my sister got tired of it. You're not doing your jobs. 
Our mum, his wife, has just died and you're asking pointless questions. Go get the monster who did this. And with that, she stomped out of the house. After a few minutes of questioning, I went up to my room. The camera was now back on my bed and there was something different about it. My mother in the picture had appeared different. I was scared when I realised she was missing her head. Night time came fast and my dad decided to sleep with a shotgun that he had and our little brother in his room with him. My sister had locked herself in her bedroom and I could hear her sobbing from time to time. I just couldn't sleep. I didn't know what was going on, but I had the strangest feeling that something bad was about to happen. But I managed to fall asleep. I awoke to the sound of a gunshot. It sounded like it came from my parents' room. I quickly jumped to my feet, ignoring how tired I was, and at first I thought I was hearing things, but my sister banged on my room telling me she heard it too. We rushed to our parents' room, and when we got there, my sister started screaming. There was blood splattered on the wall of the walls, and our little brother lay dead in the bed. He had not been shot in the face, but where was our dad? Our bathroom door slowly opened, and then we saw him. He was hanging from the hook on the ceiling. He had tied the bed sheets around his neck. My sister ran out of the room, sobbing and screaming and I started to run after her, but something caught my attention. Our family photo. Our parents and our little brother had disappeared from it. I felt dizzy, and I almost blacked out when I heard something. I heard a voice saying what sounded like, one by one by one. I ran to my room to look at the photos of my camera. My father in the picture had changed. His head was hanging at an odd angle, as if his neck had been broken and there was bruising around his neck as if he had been hung. The little boy in the picture had a hole where his face should have been. The light suddenly flickered and turned off. I heard my sister scream. Then I heard a voice, a ghostly, inhuman voice. It sounded like it came from the depths of hell. It was saying one by one by one. I took the camera and ran out of the bedroom. I stopped at the foot of the stairs and there was a trail of blood leading to the bathroom. I followed the bloody trail with my heart in my throat and my sister was laying face down in the bathtub. She had been drowned. I looked at the camera and saw that the daughter in the picture looked different. Her face was tinged with blue and her tongue was hanging out. I called the police and they said they were on their way. Was there a murderer in the house or was it haunted? I didn't know which, so I ran to my room and locked the door. I was so afraid, afraid of who or what did this and afraid of what might happen. My door suddenly started to vibrate, then it slowly creaked open. There seemed to be a something peering through the crack in the doorway. The door opened wider and I saw that it was the body of a woman. I was frozen and I couldn't move. The woman began to crawl towards me. It was dark, but as she got closer, I could see a slip mark on her neck just under her chin and an empty eye socket. I couldn't breathe. I tried to scream, but no sound came out. She opened her mouth and she screamed, one by one by one. My second campfire story today 
is called Secret Admirer and is a creepy story about a girl who keeps finding notes and presents in her school locker. It was a normal day at school. A teenage girl named Katie opened her locker and was shocked to find a single red rose lying inside. Beneath it was a note that read, From your secret admirer. She was very excited because she had never had a boyfriend before, and now a mysterious someone had taken a liking to her. The girl's heart was just bursting with joy. Every day when she checked her locker, she found something new inside. Some days it was like a box of chocolates or a bouquet of roses. Other days it was a love poem or a romantic letter. And after about a month, Katie was dying to know who her secret admirer was. One afternoon, she left the note in a locker, locker that read, Can we meet in the lunchroom tomorrow? I'm curious about who you are. Yes or no, please take one. The next morning when she opened her locker, she looked at the note and found that her secret admirer had ticked, No. Beneath that he'd written, I'm sorry, my sweet love, but I cannot take the risk of revealing myself in front of the whole school. However, I shall meet you in a more private venue. You will see me in your house tonight. Katie felt as if there were butterflies in her stomach. She was thrilled, but also a little nervous. Her parents were scheduled to go out for dinner that very night, and she would be all alone in the house when her secret admirer came to call. She decided to ask her best friend, Alison, to come over and keep her company. After school, Katie went straight home and started getting ready. Shortly after her parents left the house, Alison arrived at the front door. Katie was getting ready for a date and Alison helped the excited girl style her hair, paint her nails and then apply her makeup. They waited patiently for the doorbell to ring and after a few hours, they began to wonder if the secret admirer was ever going to show up. The girls grew impatient and watched a movie to take their minds off things. And as the clock struck midnight, Katie had given up on ever seeing her Prince Charming. Alison told her friend that she was tired and would have to go home. Katie said goodbye to her at the door and then went upstairs to get dressed for bed. Just as she was drifting off to sleep, she thought she heard a noise downstairs. She assumed it was her parents coming home early, but the next thing she heard was the sound of footsteps coming up the stairs. And then her bedroom door creaked open and there, in the moonlight, stood a handsome teenage boy. Hi Katie, he, smiled, he said as a smile spread across his face. I'm a secret admirer. Katie sat up in bed and rubbed her eyes. The handsome boy walked over to her bedside and embraced her, his hands tightly clutching her shoulders. His cheeks rubbed against her face and she could feel his hot breath on her neck. He softly whispered into her ear, I don't know how to tell you this, but I've fallen in love with someone else. Before she had time to react, she felt a sharp pain in her chest. She looked down and saw that the boy had stabbed her with a knife. As blood dribbled out of her mouth, she collapsed on the bed and struggled to breathe. I'm sorry, said the boy. You were number three, but it's time for me to move on to number four. Then he reached out and pulled the knife from her chest. The life ebbed from her veins and a pool of red spread across her bedsheets. Katie tried to speak, but all that came out was a gurgle. Goodbye, my love, said the boy, 
as he quietly left her bedroom and escaped into darkness. When Katie's parents came home, they found their daughter lying dead in her room. The father and mother began screaming and crying. Their only daughter had been brutally murdered. Her sheets were covered in blood and a single red cross had been placed between her teeth. A month later, Alison was back in school. It had taken her a long time to recover from the murder of her best friend. But when she opened her locker, she was shocked to find the single red rose lying inside. Belief beneath it was a note that read, From your secret admirer. My third and final campfire story this week is called The Jungle Gym and is a ghost story about a student who encounters a strange little girl and her mother in a park. This happened when I was at college. I was on my way home when I was stopped by a little girl. She looked like she was about five or six, and she grabbed my hand and started pulling. Please, come on, she begged me. My mum needs help. I don't know why, but for some reason I went with her. The little girl dragged me by the hand for four or five blocks until we arrived at a park. There were trees, benches, swings and a jungle gym. Perhaps because it was nearly dusk, the park seemed pretty empty. The girl wouldn't let go of my hand and she dragged me towards the jungle gym. Nearby, I noticed a woman sitting on a bench under a tree. From where I was standing, I couldn't see her face because of the branches of the tree were covering it. I brought some of mum, the little girl said cheerfully. The woman on the bench didn't move. From behind the branches of the tree, I heard her say, I'm sorry, it's my daughter. There was something about the woman's voice that sent a chill down my spine. I felt like something was very, very wrong. I just wanted to get away from there as fast as I could. A little girl said, come play with me, as she ran over to the jungle gym. I'm sorry, it's my daughter said the woman again in a dull monotone. I still couldn't see her face. Something about the way she was sitting made me nervous and I break, broke down in a cold sweat. The little girl was playing on the juggle gym behind me. The sun was beginning to set and it was growing even darker. Why did your daughter bring me here? I asked. At that moment, the woman suddenly screamed out to me, Jenny! There was a dull thud and I looked back at the jungle gym behind me. The little girl had fallen and she lay motionless on the ground. Her face was pale and her eyes were wide open. Her breath was coming in small gasps. As I watched in horror, a pool of blood began to spread out on the ground around her head. I wanted to call the police, an ambulance or anything, but I was paralyzed by fear. I just couldn't move. I looked back at the park bench and the woman sat there motionless. I couldn't understand why she didn't get up to help her daughter. I reached up and pulled back the branches of the tree that were obscuring her face when I saw what made her scream out in terror. When I saw what made... What I saw made me scream out in terror. It was the face of a dead woman. Her face was purple and her eyes were bulging out and her tongue was protruding between her swollen lips. There was a scarf wrapped tightly around her neck and the end of it was tied to the branches of the tree. She had strangled herself. 
The woman's mouth opened and she mumbled, I'm sorry, it's my daughter. I don't remember much after that, I think I must have fainted. When I came back to my senses, I was lying on the ground and it was very dark and the park was deserted. I picked myself up and hurried home. Later, I found out that a woman had committed suicide in the park years before. Her daughter died in an accident and she blamed herself. The poor woman was so distraught that she took her own life. The jungle gym has since been demolished, but I will never forget what I saw. With the campfire now beginning to fade, I think I will leave it there for this week's Campfire Tales. If you enjoyed this, then remember to listen out next Wednesday for a full episode of Spooky Island Radio. Until then, over and out.